Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? Well, I'm known around these parts as the producer. You can call me Matt. Uh, Fred, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, <laughs> especially since you're from the West, it seems. <laughs> um, old-timey Matt, for uh, anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> He's my Matty D. He's a legend. He's a producer of the pod. He also guested on this episode. It was great. Dead. Um, I, uh, I'll just, uh, for anyone that's, you know, Jumping into this pod, first time, we are Raptors slash NBA pod. We have comedians, analysts. Me and Matt are both actors and mm. uh, do a bunch of, wear a lot of artistic hats because we live in Canada. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, thanks for joining the podcast. Today uh, is a really good one. I'll get to it in just a sec. But uh, yeah, Maddie, if, if people want to know how to help us, how to make the podcast grow, support local Canadian artists. How can they do that? Come check out our website at dunkspodcast.com. That will give you everything you need to support us. It's got our links for our podcatchers, which is the most important. We want you subscribing. We want you rating on those things. And then, you know, once, you know, a new episode comes out, boom, it's right in your little app there. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to search for it. You can just have a lovely time. And then, you know, I think some of them even set up that once you're done listening, it just deletes the bloody thing from your phone. So you don't even have to worry about all that memory. But yeah, if you'd like to do it the old-fashioned way, go to dunkspodcast.com. We do have the episodes there that you can listen to on our site as well at the sonarnetwork.com. That is our our podcast network that we are a part of. And you can listen to them there as well as all the other great podcasts that we have on the network. It is quite a mix. The last thing I'll say, we got Tukes. Winter ain't over yet. I checked the forecast. We're supposed to get some freezing rain. Everybody out there, please be careful. Coming this Wednesday and Thursday, it could be a little nasty out there. So make sure you've got a toque on. We've got the toques. You can buy them. Message us. We'll send you the toque. If you do get the freezing rain, you know what? It's not going to stick to your head. It's an anti-freezing rain, anti-itch toque. It uh, actually melts. It does something with the heat from your head. That uh, it does not allow it to freeze. I don't know the technology. I just know it's it's up there with like Elon Musk type of stuff. Whoa. So yeah. Anyway, if you do feel the need, I hope you've been enjoying the Patreon content. And it, it, you know, if you want to support us, you can check us out at our Patreon as well. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Matt, you're you're a legend. Letting people what they <laughs> know what they need to know. I really like the freezing rain toque angle this time. Um, and, you know, as Jimmy Butler says, uh, pressure either uh, makes diamonds or uh, bursts pipes. So maybe we could add to that. Um, although that is true, if you had a toque, you could put it in the pipe and it would fix everything. Um, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But uh, here we are. <laughs> let's uh let's just you know talk about this pod a little bit yeah. um or this episode 
the guests are uh, the one, the only Maddie Duncan. Uh, he jumps in and um, uh, also Catherine Niker, who, you know, from the pod for sure. She uh, also has her own pod, Buckets and Tea, a WNBA pickup podcast uh, with me mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, loads of other stuff. She's a busy comedian. She's writing. She's killing it out there. Yeah. But so is Maddie, by the way. OK, so check <laughs> out, you know, check out the boys. Check out some of Maddie's check work. Out the boys. Okay? Check out American Gothic. Uh, See, you know. There you go. There you go. Check out a commercial with Mike Myers a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah, no yeah, yeah. Hey, Sydney Crosby, um, Mike Myers, what's up? Let's go, Sydney. Let's go, Mike. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really fun pod. We talk about uh, Thaddeus Young. We talk about uh, Siakam. Uh, you know, not getting into the All Star. We talk about. James Harden's paperwork and other weird, <laughs> uh, like, like hangups that have happened in sports. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we also talk about the big trade, uh, Ben Simmons for James Harden, as well as, uh, you know, Seth Curry's in the mix, Andre Drummond. Um, so it was a big, big trade and, uh, yeah, it's fun to talk about. And before we do jump into the pod, you know, if you listen to this pod all the time, you'll know that uh, I usually say um, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, uh, stop Asian hate, and email your city councilors. And me and Matt have talked about this before. I don't want anything I'm saying to be too rote or kind of like, you know, feels like I'm just saying it to say it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to say that every intro, but I am going to speak out. And so is Matt. And also, if you listen to this pod, know that you know, we believe black lives matter. We believe defund the police. And I think particularly with, with what's going on right now in Canada, obviously we are, are very much against uh, this uh, occupation of Ottawa. I'm feeling for all the people I know in Ottawa. It's been a horrible time. Um, so if you're, if you're down with that, then you shouldn't be down with us. And um, yeah. So just, just know that. And uh, we want to make sure our approach is, is fresh here and, uh, you know, we're on the pulse and we don't want to say things just to say them, but, uh, we do believe in those things and also know we're, we're always down for feedback. So you can email us, you can tweet at us, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think there's something we're not addressing, we're happy to, you know, hear it. And, uh, I think with that, Matt, we're good to go. And, uh, yeah, if you feel like we're good, we're ready to go. Please just give me, uh, those words. I love so much. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's get popping here. Um, that was me trying to sound cooler than I actually am. No worries. Um, this is uh, it's gonna be a fun pod. Uh, I got uh, my super guest. Uh, she's done the pod a million times. Always happy to have her back. We run our own podcast together, the uh, WNBA podcast, The Pickup. Uh, she's also a writer on Son of a Critch, uh, Mister D, formerly This Hour. Uh, you know, she's with Raptors Republic. She's an incredible stand-up. Just like, you know, credits galore. She's incredible. Always lucky to have her. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker. Oh my 
my goodness. Oh my goodness. We are here. We're holding it down. Boom. We're absolutely holding it down. We may have a uh, late guest showing up, but we also may not. And, uh, you know, we're comfortable <laughs> together. Catherine, what's up? How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, how are you doing, Freddie? I'm good. I'm good. I got my, you know, DeRozan jersey in the back here. Nicely and, uh, framed. It nice looks like framed. a like a frame for like a vinyl record. Yeah, it's uh I I mean it was sort of a gift. Like I got the jersey from no, but a I love it. Curling tournament, and Caitlin's like, I'm gonna frame this for you. And I went to a framing store. So Ooh, how nice. I mean, I think DeRozan, did he not attempt a a, a rap career or something or rapping at some point? I don't remember, but I feel I, like he did. He made an attempt. He's from Compton. I Maybe mean, it was just like a little mixtape situation. I know uh, that like rappers think he's cool. There's the, the famous like Vince Staples interview where Vince Staples is like the one person you don't mess with, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> and, and and the person interviewing is like, why? And Vince Staples is basically just like, no more questions. <laughs> it's really good. It's just like, it's like he'll throw he's one connected. of his 600 pairs of shoes at you. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like a shoe, a shoe gun. So yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's start talking some ball. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Why don't you give me your, uh, you know, most experimental, delicious, fun sounding Raptors sting. Sick. Uh, that was kind of sick, right? Um, cool. Uh, Catherine, let's just, uh, let's jump right into it. Um, the deadline's like a little bit over, but give me your thoughts on Thad Young, like the acquisition. And also if you watched any of the, uh, disaster of a game yesterday, um, your, your, your thoughts on like his, you know, first time seeing him on the court. Yeah, I mean, that's funny, right? Because it's like the trade deadline is over, but the hangover is not, you know, like it was just such a wild trade deadline that we're just not completely over all that happened. Um, You know, like last night's game was such a disaster. I'm almost positive that they just partied way too hard in New Orleans and just (laughs) like, you know, just just took a real L. Like, I I just think that was just it's mid-February the all-star breaks coming up. We can't wait to have a week off. And they just mm-hmm. partied way too hard. Didn't take the team seriously and got their asses kicked. Uh, I don't know if we can read into the trade at all based on that game. Yeah. Um, not. Yeah. So my interpretation of getting Thaddeus young is really that this is uh, to me, this is about us doubling down on our investment in Precious Achua, right? They thought if we get a veteran guy who can help Precious with his game, that somebody he can talk to, learn from, um, maybe build just like I, I like to me, I just feel like Precious really struggles with his uh, consistency or lack of consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think that is how I'm interpreting this because even like, um, when Kyle left and we got Goran Dragic and Precious Achua, I felt like that was always about getting Precious. You yes. know what I mean? And, yeah. and Goran was just like, 
they had to uh, include him for the numbers and this that and the other um so that's kind of how i see it um Mm -hmm. you know if we've improved our bench without getting rid of our top six guys i think that's you got to consider it a win i i I was kind of surprised that Raptors fans were really upset about it. I think maybe people were overestimating Goran Dragic's uh, trade value, frankly, at this stage in his career. I mean, when we did play him this season, he really was not good. Mm -hmm. So the limited minutes he did have on the court really didn't do him or us any favors. Plus, it's like everybody knows he's in Miami for whatever reason, and he's not even with the team. They know that we have to get rid of him. And that if we don't, it's a buyout. So really, like, we're not trading from um, a position of real leverage, right, in a in a situation like that. So I think it is what it is. I think fans are just being, uh, I don't know, I think they were maybe a little too cocky about what we had as a trade asset with Goran Dragic. But I'm fine with it. I really, maybe I just didn't expect a ton um, it's nice that we got something instead of nothing, so to speak. And uh, hopefully he is a nice fit for the rest of the season and, you know, helps with the balancing some minutes uh, going down the stretch here. Well said. Like, I, you know, I agree with everything. So many good points. Um, I'll touch on the, the the precious point in a sec, because I think that is, is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but um, you know, in regards to tragic, I think that's sort of, it's sort of part of this idea that every time Masai does everything, it he should a be going for a home run and b like fans kind of expect him to constantly just like have home runs and they don't really get the whole, you know, not, not everybody, but like they do, you know, it's not exciting to hit a single and a double and a single and a double and sort of just like incrementally get better. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just not that flashy. Right. So from that mm-hmm. perspective, I think, you know, people, you know, they're, they're hearing the deadline, you know, they think about all these different possibilities, like on this pod, right. Um, I've, I've stressed patience and like incrementalism, but even still, I definitely fall victim to this idea that, okay, yeah, you do this and you attach Boucher and a pick and Flynn. And then like, it's all these like crazy machinations, but, uh, you know, which I'm sure were on the table. And, you know, Bobby talked about it a little bit in his presser and Messiah as well. But I think if that deal wasn't there, they weren't going to take it. And as it stood, Dragic was kind of a nothing for the team. And we got kind of a something for the team. Mm-hmm. The picks were pretty negligible. When I saw a first round pick, I was kind of like, oh, no. But, you know, mm. we're trading, we're getting the Pistons pick back. So really it's like 10 picks down the line. You know, they'll, Spurs are going to get the like 20, whatever, 22nd pick. We're going to get like the 31st pick yeah. or something. So That is the more controversial part of this deal, right? Is the first yeah. round pick, you know, 10 spots down the line. It, it, it's not nothing. It's right? true. It's, you're yeah, right. like, it is not nothing. Like, and, and, you know, you know, the Pistons are not good this season, but I mean, you know, they go on a little run here and suddenly it's like 12 picks down the line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so I don't know. Like, I think it just says a lot about how they want to build this team. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. like that my feeling is, you know, cause like opening game this season, 
you know, Masai's on the broadcast at some point, like second quarter or something. Mm -hmm. And he tells everybody like, hey, look, this is a rebuilding year, right? And now I think they're looking at it like, okay, we're ahead of schedule here. Maybe we aren't, you know, going to lean as heavily on the draft this year like we thought. Mm-hmm. And that's why they decided to to trade the pick. You know, I trust this team in the draft almost no matter what pick they have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like all of this really comes down to like, is is Precious Achua going to become the player they, they want him to be really? Well, and okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you brought Precious up again because I think – I don't even know how to articulate this perfectly, but there's something about Masai and Bobby and nurse and this franchise that they, when they get a player, it's not like be good or we'll, we'll, we'll kick you out of town. They get a player like precious and they're like, okay, seems like you're struggling here. Let's bring in a vet like Thaddeus young. He'll teach you how to bust up a zone. He'll teach you how to not bite on every pump fake. He'll kind of teach you some of the basics. You have the skills. So I feel like that investment is always there. Like they don't, they Mm -hmm. don't trade, you know, like, like the watching, we talked about it uh, last week, but like watching a place like Sacramento trade Halliburton, it's like, that's like unheard of in the Messiah era. He he values what he has and he's not really, he's not just trying to, you know, flip cards to try and hopefully game the system. It's like, he's willing to work to make it work. And um, Maddie, I don't know if you're, if you're listening, but actually uh, I wouldn't mind your taking uh, in this too, if you want to pop in. Yeah. First thing I will say, and it was very telling with, uh, with Fred's reaction to it was he like, I'm paraphrasing, but he's just like, you know what? Uh, I'm just glad we're getting a guy in who wants to play and getting rid of a guy that's just sitting mm-hmm. at home doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't mince words there, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah, no. And I love that about Fred. Cause yeah, it, it is a bit of a shitty thing. Um, I think the best thing that we can ha- can hope for, I, I don't think any of us expected him to come in in that game yesterday and get 20 points or anything. But like it is, it's the it's the 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 leadership that he can bring. Hopefully, a little a little bit of spice to the bench. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. shaky over there. So, you know, maybe he can even just run that bench. You know, and like, you know, talk to Flynn, talk to <laughs> Champagne, and you know, like mm-hmm. he was talking to them. Yeah, or he's he's been talking to them. You know, like I here's the other thing too about this whole like. Just looking at the trade tree for Kyle and stuff, it is it, it blows my mind that we even got anything for Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just like you don't really see it in other sports, like definitely not in the NHL, like these sign and trade things when you've got like a big player that wants to leave. Usually they just leave and you get nothing. So it's like mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, like if this could have been a situation where there was nothing and we just watched Kyle walk onto that team. So if we, you know, give precious some time, you know, what do we have to lose here? Really? Right. Like give him a couple of seasons, at least I know it's like, he's young. It's hard to see the way he's been playing this year for the team. It's just not as hopeful as we would have liked, but I think that, you know, get him into the Raptor system for a couple of years and he might blossom. So, you know, yeah, I think you're right. And you know, the defense is sort of already there with precious, at least the strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, uh, I, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, he was the best rim protector on the team. 
So I don't know if that's changed or whatever, but yeah, there, there's some signs. I feel like uh, I'm not the first person to say this, but he truly does have some of the loudest offensive mistakes yeah. I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> so from a fan perspective, like I, I get it because it's like, I, he's definitely been blocked by the rim. I don't know. 10 <laughs> times. Like, so, the, the, so there's a lot of precious stuff where you're like, Oh my God, dude. But yeah, I think, you know, just a couple things on Thaddeus as well um, that I feel like are important. A mentor to OG and Anobi, which is mm-hmm. significant. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, he was one of the runner-ups for six man of the year last year for Chicago. So right. this is a guy that I think really does bring a certain, you know, maturity and like rounded skill set. I will say, uh, and I feel like, I'm always super pro Messiah and, uh, and pro um, Bobby, but I do feel like we've put Nurse in a situation where we we just didn't really bring him a veteran shooter, and I, I don't quite understand why. I just feel like, you know, and and Blake Murphy said this on on, on the Will Lou and uh, Alex Wong pod, but you know, are we gonna play Champagne anymore? Are we gonna play Malachi Svi? Utah, like, are we going to allow some guys the opportunity to like hit some shots or are we just going to play like four bigs off mm-hmm. the bench? Like that seems like not doable. I'm, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a funky team. It's a funky no. team for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I, um, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know why Sfees has been so buried uh, on the bench recently. I'm also surprised that we still have Malachi. Like I thought Malachi was for sure mm-hmm. going to be uh, on the trading block there, but um, you know, but I think Masai spoke actually quite fondly of Malachi and his he pressure. Did. Yeah. And you know, I think again, like we're just kind of learning more and more um, philosophically what this team believes in and how they want to build. And, uh, it does look weird. Uh, he did refer to Nick Nurse as a as a mad scientist. I want to say, did, yeah. <laughs> and that is like, um, you know, it's a compliment, but it's also like, okay, just because I can be a mad scientist doesn't mean I need to be all the time. It's like when you show initiative at your at your job, and then they're like, "Cool, that's just also part of your job now." Yeah, totally. You know, it's very that. Yes. And then it's like, oh, crap. You mean I have to keep doing this? So, yeah. yeah, I agree. But I also think it's like I think we're getting carried away because the team was on such a great winning streak and we're doing so well mm-hmm. that we're getting back into this like playoff mindset with this yep. team. But that wasn't ever the original goal. So I, I don't know. It is like you said, it's going to be a funky year. It's going to be a funky time. Put on, and put on the funk music, I guess. Put on the, bring the funk. And, you know, to your point, to Masai's point, it, it is important to reiterate that this is like a growing year. And, you know, I think it was important to me that he also said, like someone, I think Eric Kareen brought up like the timeline question and he didn't like poo poo it, but he was sort of like Pascal and Fred are 28. They have like potentially three or four all-star years in a row. Like, mm. don't worry about the timeline. Like it's actually if Fred and Pascal were 32, 33, same age as Thad, it would be like, oh, you know, there's a bit of a gulf here. But it's like these guys are playing great. This is all like nothing's a problem here. The core is good. 
I've been saying that from the beginning of the year, like our core five, we have something here. Mm -hmm. And I think you got to tinker with it and understand that this is a development year. Masai prioritizes development and winning, but I think this year is sort of like 65% development, mm-hmm. 35% mm-hmm. winning. So it's and, not, and everyone knew that coming into it too. Yeah, totally. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, also the Raptors are, are pretty good and um it's it's not a big surprise to me. I, you know, I picked them for six in the East. I think that we're a franchise that just is more competent than a lot of other franchises. You can't say I'm surprised that New York and Washington have went belly up. This is sort of what the Eastern Conference does. Uh, to me, it's almost more surprising that Chicago and Cleveland are good than, you know, versus like a bunch of Eastern Conference teams not being good. Like, that's what a I expect. Percent, a thousand I expect percent. Charlotte to go poorly at some point this year. Like that's just kind of how the Eastern conference works. But um, yeah, let's, let's move on to all-star. And I think we got to talk Pascal. We got to talk this like Jared Allen thing, Matt, please stick around. Cause uh, I'd love to have your take as well. But um, yeah, just uh, Catherine, like, do you think this Jared Allen over Pascal thing is a, is a, like a snub or a robbery. And also like, where do you see Pascal right now? Like among his peers in the NBA? Yeah, this is actually a really good question. I think it's a little more debatable um, than it might appear. So Mm -hmm. initially, I was not surprised. And I actually, you know, I apologize. I meant to look this up prior and I didn't. But so Cleveland now has two all-stars, correct? Uh, Yes. So they have Darius Garland, who's in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, No, sorry, sorry. So they have Darius Garland and Jared Allen and they're what placement are they in the east currently are they like let me just look i feel like they're like are they third? like yeah i was gonna say they're third or second maybe they mm-hmm. are third and but like you know they're only a half game up on the bucks and the sixers so they're pretty close to being in fifth as well right but it's all I, tight up there so i think um i love pascal i would have loved to see him there but i there's something about this that just feels very valid to me. But Freddie, I want you to tell me I'm wrong. I have not looked up. I, I'm <laughs> so sorry. I have not looked up Jared Allen's numbers to be like, Pascal is just destroying this guy. I think the, the issue with Pascal and like so much of this all-star stuff is really narrative based. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it took him a while to get to this place. Yeah. And obviously that was, it had to do with injuries and, stuff like that but i mean if he started out like this from the beginning there's no doubt he would be there it's just it takes people a long time to catch on unless you're in la or new york or something like that that's just kind of how it is yeah i you know i my initial kind of like gut instinct was Sort of, you know, the Pascal had missed too many games and, you know, this is not really a snub. This is sort of like Raptors fans just like getting mad. Digging into the numbers a little bit, I do think that it's like a bit more of a compelling case for Pascal. Mm. However, it's it's not Jared Allen's fault that Pascal had a shoulder surgery and had a slow start and the Mm -hmm. Raptors were like under 500 for some period of time. The Raptors are also like not dominating the East. So it's not like, oh my God, they don't have two all-stars. It's like, yeah, of course we don't have two all-stars. We're in eighth place, you know, and I I get that Pascal is playing like an all-star, 
but also it's it's a reputation thing, right? Like, you know, kind of like you're saying with New York, Toronto, it's not as if Pascal's Jimmy Butler were year in, year out, he's an all-star. So if he misses 20 games, people are kind of like, well, he's still an all-star. Like, you know, mm. we, we know who he is. Last year, even though Pascal had pretty incredible numbers, he was like, he wasn't an all-star. He didn't deserve it, didn't make the team. So I do think that there's kind of like, as far as the narrative arc, it makes sense to me. And also, I kind of like it as a Raptors fan because I do think it even puts Pascal like further in the camp of like, be undeniable. Like just continue being undeniable. Just kill the rest of the season. Like if he makes all NBA this year, he will be an all-star period next year mm-hmm. because it will that the whole narrative will be like, oh my God, this guy wasn't an all-star, but he was on the all NBA, which is harder to get on. So yeah, I think it's like, and, and also Jared Allen like has been good, like not out of control. Good. Like he's 16 points, 11 rebounds, good defense. He's also got Mobley. So I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's, it's just, it's not that egregious in my opinion. Um, Maddie, what, what's your, like, what's your kind of like snap take on this? You know, I'm going to give Silver the benefit of the doubt and just say that he looked at it and it was because of the time missed due to his injury that, you know, Jared Allen got picked. Um, you know, Allen's only 23 years old. You know, he's got uh, a lot more years where he could possibly be an all-star again. And I just feel like Pascal, where he is, you know, we're in his prime years right now. I just feel like he deserved it more. But I guess it was the injury thing. I'm going to believe that it was. But, you know, it is it is also just, you know, part of the the story for the Raptors that the, the respect that that the league mm-hmm. gives us is a little bit lacking sometimes. So but it seems kind of like I don't I almost like it better that way sometimes where it's like we've got these really good players who are definitely like stars and can play with all these other players in the league. And they, they constantly have to just believe in themselves and, you know not rely on praise and and accolades to uh you know ignite their game to a, a higher level. I'll say it. We need a new We the North. We need like an updated <laughs> We the North. That's like same energy, yeah, different slogan. <laughs> we need a reinjection of this era. I, I honestly I've been comparing this season uh, since beginning of close to the beginning of the year to the, the season where we, the Rudy Gay trade, the first year we made Brooklyn lost in seven it was heartbreaking, but we realized like we had something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the energy for me. I think we're very far away right. Like that was like five, six years before we won the championship. But this is the season where it's like, no, no, no. Like get out of here. If you're trying to trade Pascal or Fred, like this is for yeah. real what we have. Yeah. But we might even be closer than we were that year. I think we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk some NBA. Let's, uh, I was going to say, let's fire up that sting. But Maddie, <laughs> if, if you would, please, <laughs> please good, sir. Give me your most delicious, weird Adam silver sounding, Sting. This is Adam Silver. New. Um, let's go to you first, Maddie. And uh, this is a 
kind of a weird question, but I'm curious <laughs> to see what you both have. So, uh, you know, well, and we'll get to the big trade, but uh, in the Harden Simmons deal, I guess like Harden didn't fully opt in to his deal. Uh, and there was some kind of like paperwork holdup. And, you know, it, it seems like it can be worked out in the summer, but it also seems like there's a, there's an off chance that this causes like some financial issues. And it just kind of got me thinking like, you know, about times when, when, you know, something's about to happen and then, you know, it doesn't happen for some weird reason or technicality. And, and yeah, it just reminds me of like how kind of fragile all these things are. And it's a lot of people behind the scenes. So um, yeah. And I'd also, I should say, I think a part of this is that Harden handled this whole situation without an agent, which is kind of significant. <laughs> um, so wait, uh, it's the Bill sorry. Murray of the NBA. Do you, mind, do you right? mind if I ask just a bit of background before I know you're, sure. you're asking Maddie the question first, but yeah, just yeah. so. <laughs> so when he was traded to Philly, he was meant to opt in for an extension and now has not. And on top of that, he does not have an agent. Is that what we're saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. I might have some Holy of the details. Here you go. Shit. I didn't know that. Sorry. Let me let me just read this because this is what I'm going off of. James Harden did not officially opt into his deal for the 2022-23 season before being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, a source confirmed to, to The Athletic. The paperwork was filled out, but they did not meet the buzzer for the opt-in, said Sham uh, Sharania on the Real Ones podcast. He still has the option to opt-in in the summer. There was a time period where he could have opted in in conjunction with the trade. They ended up not filling the paperwork in time, so a little bit of procedural situation with the paperwork. Um, so, yeah, like it, it just makes me think that perhaps this wasn't done perfectly and uh yeah i i'm i just kind of curious what that inspires in in, in you guys so matt is there <laughs> is there a situation where you're like yeah everything was like chugging along and then all of a sudden it didn't happen and you know uh yeah the the first thing that came to my mind now this isn't a basketball take this is a hockey take so bear sure. with me uh this happened in the summer of 2001 to the Toronto Maple Leafs, there was a player, uh, someone that the fans loved to just, you know, pummel with <laughs> with critique. We're talking his, Matt Sundin? We're talking what? his buddy, Jonas Hoagland. And so Jonas Hoagland, you know, he was kind of, uh, he, he got to play with Matt Sundin, which was incredible. And he had a couple good seasons with him. But in the summer of 2001, he was traded to Boston for like a prospect, but something happened with the fax machine and it canceled yes. the trade and it never happened. So like he was told, he's like, you've been traded, you know, and he yes. said his goodbyes to the team. That's and then this fax about. machine something <laughs> screwed fax up machine. and yeah. they're like, uh, the fax screwed it up and uh, it's, <laughs> it's not happening now. And so he had to go back to the team and then just for context, you know, this is summer 2001. So he's coming into camp being like, they don't want me here. Then 9-11 happens. 
you know, just as that mental thing to deal with. And then again, later in the year in December, the Leafs tried to do this huge, massive trade for Vincent LeCavier. And he was going to be included in that trade along with Thomas Cabrillo and Nick Antropov, which would have been a really huge trade. Uh, but that also fell through at the last minute. So oh my God. within yeah. these like four months on technicalities, uh, Hoagland just, you know, got the, got the brunt of it. And, you know, his career was over shortly after that. <laughs> oh my God. What a sad story. But also <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, it, it's insane to me that these kind of things like actually happen. Um, so mine is basketball. But, uh, Catherine, do you want to go first or should I, I drop? I'm just in shock by the story, uh, (laughs) Matt just told us like, oh my God. Also like 2001, like we had email, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the whole time I just had like Bernie Sanders, like voice in my head, like this could have been an email, (laughs) you know, there's no reason that had to be a fax even then. Also somebody who worked as an admin assistant, for years, I can't tell you how many times I blamed a machine for a mistake I made. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like you dial the wrong number, you know, like when you send like this ages me, but I have had to send faxes in my lifetime. You send a fax, you get a confirmation fax. <laughs> There's a thing that comes out to say your fax went through. And then if it doesn't go through, you send it again or you call these are human errors but anyway i'm um, once again asking you to stop using faxes (laughs) (laughs) um for me you know the ultimate for me that i thought of with this is an nba example okay is the chris paul to the lakers (gasps) trade that never happened yes oh right yes Yes. I, i don't even actually remember the exact technicality Obviously, Stern vetoed this trade, yeah, and then he ended up going to the Clippers, and it changed, you know, uh, a huge chunk of the following decade in the NBA in a really significant way. I mean, it's it's a great NBA. What if? What if Kobe and Chris Paul and Pau Gasol got to play together? You know how? Like, does does Kobe win more rings? What does that mean for his, you know, his legacy, the Lakers legacy? What does that mean for the Clippers or the Clippers, even a franchise like like Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were really the thing that made the Clippers completely legitimate. They were like deeply. Yeah, they were deeply illegitimate franchise for many, many decades. There was a brief moment like when like Lamar Odom was a rookie Mm -hmm. and they had kind of like a fun, exciting team, but they weren't like a playoff team. Odom and Darius Miles for anyone watching on on YouTube. You know this? (laughs) That was what they did when they did something cool. The weird head gesture. Yeah, I mean, in the years that I've watched the NBA, so that's going back to like the late 90s to now, like, and even before that, like the Clippers don't have a significant history. So it was just like David Stern would just do shit, frankly, to to manipulate the league, to make it more exciting. Mm -hmm. He realized that if the Clippers weren't going to be legitimate. They might be, I don't know if they'd be done, but I, you know, he had to do something with that franchise and he did. I don't know what excuse they used, but definitely this is like some major like presidential veto 
uh, finger on the button kind of kind of stuff here. Okay, Catherine, you know, we were talking about like <laughs> Masai before it was singles and doubles. This is the home run for the for the question. No, I'll, never, I'll never get over the education that that Matt just gave me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know what? Yeah, okay. Matt's maybe okay. Matt's isn't a home run. Matt's just like you meet someone outside of the baseball diamond and they like give you a winning lottery ticket. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'm not going to watch the game. Um, but, I don't know. A, a weirdest analogy ever, but. Just to add some fun context to what you're saying, Catherine. Um, so Stern had uh, basically taken over the Pelicans uh, or, or the, um, oh God, uh, what was their name at the time? Uh, before they were the Pelicans is the Hornets. They were Hornets, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Hurricane Katrina had happened, I think, not too long before this. And with Chris Paul demanding a trade, it was like full crisis mode. And he, yeah, he personally vetoed that trade. So it was like, that is a crazy technicality. And to your point, that was like the Stern era was like him just doing stuff for anyone that's watched, um, you know, watch like the Jermaine O'Neal, uh, like Malice at the Palace doc, mm-hmm. you're reminded that when, when Stern gave out the punishments in the interview, they asked, they asked him, like who decided all of these, like the dates and the punishments or whatever. And he was just like, it was a party of one me. <laughs> and then all of the journalists were basically like, I'm scared now. Are you going to kill me? I'm sorry. I asked like that Stern's whole energy was just like, listen, I make the rules and that's how life is. Um, like you walk into David Stern's office and there's just monitors that have Scarface on but like on mute <laughs> pretty much yeah and it's just like on repeat <laughs> he's like say hello to my little friend but it's actually a converter and he's like it's really important because they gotta control the channels <laughs> um, <laughs> okay mine is uh, and Raptors fans uh, you know who are old school are gonna remember this as you know affiliated with with the pre-Masai times because this kind of shit does not happen with Masai and Bobby but the Raptors, uh, pretty sure it was still uh, Brian Colangelo, attempted to trade for Matt Barnes. And uh, I'll, I'll read it to you in just a second. But basically, we tried to get him from the Orlando Magic. And both the Magic and the Raptors did not do the math properly. And the trade <laughs> fell through. Oh, God. Literally, the trade was agreed upon. So let, let me just read you this. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, the deal would be worth $9 million over two years, including a player option for 2011, 2012. Uh, but the Raptors are out of cap room and already have used their mid-level exception this offseason to acquire Linus Kleza as a restricted free agent from the Denver Nuggets. Therefore, the Raptors don't have the ability under league rules to pay Barnes $4.5 million a year. <laughs> so they lost Barnes. It fully fell through. Uh, and um, I mean, just an- another shout out. We almost got Tyson Chandler uh, for um, Jose Calderon, but last minute, uh, Michael Jordan was like, um, actually, no. So that's a, <laughs> another weird Colangelo era thing. But Amazing. yeah, so, so we lost Matt Barnes because someone, yeah, didn't use an Excel spreadsheet properly or something, which, uh, yeah, just feels like a different time. <laughs> hey, honestly. man, Excel's hard. You know, like I, I struggle that. with Thanks. Excel. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, Excel's hard. Like, why can't I populate this cell? All that kind of stuff. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's just talk about this big trade. Um, it's, I mean, in my, in my mind, in my like, you know, viewing of the NBA, it's pretty close to the biggest trade I've ever seen. Um, okay. And I, I don't know where to rank it exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of factors, but just the the types of caliber players changing hands. Like, you know, you got a former MVP, former um, runner-up defensive player of the year in Simmons. You got Seth Curry, uh, you know, Andre Drummond, I guess sort of insignificant here. But, uh, you know, uh, I think the, the Nets also gave away two first round picks to Brooklyn, two, two first round picks to Brooklyn yeah. or, or sorry, the Sixers gave two Sixers. First, first round picks to Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Um, so just like a full, full blockbuster of a trade, a lot of angles here, Catherine, just, just, you know, start telling me what you, what you think. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of stuff here. First of all, I'll start with this. There's something about this trade that is way too cute for me and just the entire saga that led up to this. There's just something about it. And this is like just me going off here. I really believe Daryl Morey knew he was going to get James Harden. And I don't think he would have had the guts to hold out as long as he did with Ben Simmons. If he didn't know that James Harden was on the other end of this, I just think like, cause if he doesn't get somebody of that caliber back and he's, you know, quote unquote, wasting a year of Embiid's prime, frankly, wasting a year of Simmons, uh, Simmons prime, you know what I mean? Like that's another thing that people don't talk about. It's a waste of both their primes. And like, it just for to just for what to cater to your own ego because a couple owners are sick of player empowerment like i just i just don't buy it like i just think he knew somehow i don't know at what point he knew i think james harden in the last two weeks vocally being unhappy um for you know even though what's been going on in brooklyn has been going on since the very beginning of the season it's all just too cute. I think Daryl knew. I really just think, I don't know if that's tampering because tampering is usually in reference to free agency, but those two met at an NFT art gallery mm-hmm. that ah. Mark Cuban and Spencer Dinwiddie weren't at. And they, and they figured this out. They figured this out and they knew. And I think, it'll be a while before we know like who won the trade. Like, I think like, you know, let's wait till Mm -hmm. the playoffs before we decide like who actually won this trade in the short term. You know, you gotta be, if you're a Philly person, you're a winner because you're finally over this Ben Simmons situation. Um, But you know, the Nets got a lot back and you know, I'm really, I'm extremely intrigued. It's going to make, the rest of this uh, NBA season extremely interesting, and it already was interesting. But it's like the intrigue on this is really sky high. And you're right, Freddie; it is one of the biggest trades, really. Yeah, and just like super juicy, and and you know, great points. I totally agree with you about you know Harden and Maury worked together in Houston for such a long time. Maury designed. Uh, a team exactly around Harden's specific skill set. 
you know, when he wanted Howard out of there, he facilitated. When he wanted Chris Paul in there, he facilitated. When he wanted Chris Paul out of there, he facilitated for Westbrook. So it's like these guys have a working relationship, period, end of story. Um, and I also think a lot of these GMs, you know, when the prize is that big, you know, whether it's like Kawhi or Kyle or Harden, I think they're like, what, you're going to take a second rounder from me? Buddy, I'm going to tamper more now. Like, I don't think they're afraid to tamper. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not know, afraid. And the, the fines are, are a joke for them. Yeah, exactly. The fines are a joke. Tampering um, is basically, it's basically jaywalking at this point tampering in the yeah, pretty much yeah uh matt what, what, what what's your like overall feelings like on this trade and like like you know i want you to kind of like jump into like on court so like not the x's and o's but like do you think here I'll, let me just spitball some starting lineups for you so like mm-hmm. nets potentially right is uh simmons Kyrie, seth kd andre drummond and then you got the Sixers is like, I don't know, Maxi, Harden, Thibel, Tobias, uh, and beat. What like do you think that's all gonna work? Like yeah, I'm definitely more intrigued. When this first happened, I was just kind of like, I don't know. It's just both these players, Simmons and Harden, it's been such a weird, sour oh, time yeah. for them. I'm really glad the Simmons saga is over. Mm-hmm. And like just hearing all the like trade requests that Maury was making for him and then it's like oh I'm just so glad it's over and now we can see what what he's really made of in like this new team and system yeah I think that I think it's hard it's hard to say especially with James Harden it's like he's really proven to me that he's kind of a weird fit in some of the way that like Westbrook is with big stars so I think he will gel with Embiid and it'll be good, but I don't know why I'm I'm a little bit more excited for the Nets. I think they just got so much depth on that team too, which is crazy. Like I know like Blake Griffin is an afterthought, but they got like Blake Griffin there on the bench ready to go if they need him. And it's just all like the goofy stuff with Kyrie and that's, it might come down to little things like that, that really hurt them. Like if, if, if there's a play, I, I really hope it's a, it's a Philly Brooklyn like second round or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. We and then that. And then what what happens if Kyrie can't play like three or four of those games? You know what I mean? And then it's like that's all that's going to be talked about. And then and like where, where's Ben Simmons free throw at right now? Has he been using this time off to make that better? Or is it going to be, you know, the same ghost haunting him that that happened to him in the playoffs? And kind of feels like what set this whole thing off with just how terrible he was at the free throw line. But um Where's James Harden going to be this time next year? I don't know. These big guys shouldn't be moving around like this. They should be the anchor of a team. They should be built around. And I know they tried to do that with Harden over the years with Houston Mm -hmm. and stuff, but it's just kind of like a weird, it's such a weird like twister time in the NBA where all these star players are flinging everywhere, trying to mesh with other star players. And a lot of the time now it's like you're seeing that like, oh yeah, it doesn't always work out so easily. So Time will tell, as I say, but my bet is Brooklyn's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I just love that you called it a twister time. Shout out <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, I, I mean, yeah, a bunch of good points too. Uh, and I appreciate it. Like it's, it's really a tumultuous kind of like situation. And, and, you know, yeah. Has Simmons been 
grinding it out? Like, is he ready to go? Um, the Nets need it. You know, they're like, uh, they're really playing some bad basketball. And, you know, the Kyrie side show has not helped. Yeah. KD got injured. And, you know, there's a part of me that like, is like, man, Harden, this is your last chance. Like you forced your way out of too many places, dude. But then there's another part of me that is sort of like, wait, you did, you did force your way out of Houston. Credit there. But then when you came to the Nets, Kyrie started really going wild. And then KD gets injured and you're looking around and you're kind of like, I did not sign up for this, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think there's a part of that that I understand for Harden, but also like with him and Embiid, I think it's clear like Embiid's the better player. So you have to acquiesce. And unlike Durant who can play in like any type of lineup, Embiid needs specific stuff on the court. He pounds the ball. He dribbles it a ton. So you need to, I don't know, like you, you like, I'm very, very curious to see the fit there. Yeah. I, I kind of think that both players are going to make the best of this short opportunity, but um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's juicy all around. Do you think that Harden's going to pass more or less with Philly? Less. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's also the weird thing too, right? You know, during during some of like Harden's like like you know most selfish years, he averaged like eleven and a half assists, right? But also, you know, assists aren't necessarily like a free like you know passing mentality. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I say less only because I feel like with Philly, I mean, obviously Joel Embiid is having like an MVP style season, and James Harden is still great when he wants to be and he isn't injured um there's just a real drop off you know with that team like it's just they're not they just don't have the depth that other teams do and I could I could very easily see James Harden just wanting to take over and play a lot of iso ball or just a lot of like pick and roll just between the two of them and like basically tell the other teammates to get out of the way sort of thing. Like it just, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I you know, it's just going to be so fascinating to see how these two teams adjust. Like, I think on the net side, you know, like the Seth Curry piece is a big deal. Like I think he yeah. can give them a lot of consistency at the point Agreed. where Kyrie Irving can't. And uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, wild it's just gonna be wild with these two teams i think yeah i think so too and who knows when simmons is actually gonna start playing that's another big part of this when is he gonna start playing like he needs to get out there man i know he needs to he needs to really get out he needs to get his not ready and it's like (laughs) i know that shocked me i was like what do you mean he's not ready how (laughs) is that possible it's like hello you're talking about drag race before we got on the show uh the the late great chi chi devane you have to stay. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. Ben yeah. Simmons, R. take R. note. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I love how emotional that got. Like Matt threw in an RIP. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> look. Said, yeah. You know? Look. <laughs> love Chi Chi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think, I think we, we sort of made it to the end of the pod here. It was a really good one. Um, I appreciate you, you stepping in, Matt. Yeah, and no for works. anyone you know, who listens to this uh, on a regular basis, that's the kind of knowledge Matt's rolling with. Okay, <laughs> he, just got, he just got it locked in. 
He's got it locked in, okay? Um, I just seriously. steal everything from the guests. I have to, I just sit here and listen to guests and, you know. Hey, me too. Okay? I think I could see Matt releasing a book called Tales of the Facts. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a history of facts you know is gone awry. My dad had a fax machine going all the time. I, I do have, it is a bit of a trigger for me, picking up that phone and hearing that shit going oh, on. You're like, fuck. You know what? The sound of the facts, let me just say it. That's a trigger for everyone. <laughs> Why does it sound like that? It's nuts. Like, it's like so high pitch. Give me a break. I know, like it was going. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, that sounds like. I mean, it oh literally god, it sounds, sounds like, a, like we're communicating with another planet. That's the you know, monster like, from Stranger <laughs> Things. Get it out of my face. You know? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that's that's the end of the pod. Um, thanks for everyone who's who's been listening, sharing all, all that good stuff. We really do appreciate it here. And uh, yeah, let's go to you first, uh, Catherine. What's up? What do you want to let people know about? Uh, you know, obviously check out Catherine's pod, Buckets and Tea with Raptors Republic uh, and our pod together. But um, yeah, what's up? Yeah, man, that's basically it. I, I guess I'm starting to do live shows again. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine to uh, see the latest. And yeah, just good times all around. Good times all around. Um, Maddie, what's up? You're a guest on the pod today. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let people know, you know, do you need another jerry can for your snowmobile? Like? <laughs> yeah, just make sure that you're putting that fuel stabilizer in your snowblower. Guys, I don't want any old gas in there, okay? If you, have, you need any tips on that, just uh, send us a message on Twitter. But I will also say thank you for listening to our, like, bonus content that we've been putting out. Freddie and I have got another one coming up. He must be very excited because he gets to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. I get to talk mm -hmm. about the Grizzlies. We're having a lot of fun with that. And our goal is to get through all the teams. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. We're going to keep releasing that extra content out, out on uh, on the podcatchers. And eventually it'll be locked up on the old Patreon. Ooh, with authority, Maddie D. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much, everyone. And uh, that's the pod. Maddie, if you feel like we're, we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those delicious words. Okay. Okay. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!